Welcome to The Lisa Show and our book club. We are reading More Than a Body. We have come to the last episode on this particular book. We are in Chapter 6, Part 2 of More Than a Body. And it's really been amazing for me to have these kind of conversations going through every chapter and talking about different aspects of body image. And if you've missed one of the episodes, you can watch them out of order. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to them. And I say watch too, because you can jump on over to YouTube to see some video of it, which is always fun, um, or listen to the audio wherever you get the Lisa show. And we're appreciative of you coming and joining us because these are important conversations. I really do feel like, you know, there are certain books in a generation that just are able to put their finger on 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 a problem on a on a on the pulse of what is going on and say it so eloquently and so succinctly that it can really speak to a lot of different kinds of people and I feel like this is the book for this so we're going to jump right in into part 2 with our guest Whitney thank you for coming back yes thanks for having me introduce Lisa. yourself a little bit for those who are just jumping on oh i'm Whitney Call i am a writer and comedian and um i'm just like the biggest little missionary for this book I've i know you love it everyone about this book. So as we start this final book club mm-hmm. on this book, I want to make sure that that you're able to talk a little bit about what a big impact that it's had on your life. And so I think this would be a really good place to start, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. I just, oh, I'm going to start crying for sure. I, so I told you when I sent my initial questions at the beginning of this book about kind of how do I feel about my body? Of course, I fell into that rut basically of like, how do you feel that your body looks? And how do you, you know, I was so much living on the outside. And I feel like I've made I've made it such a point of effort in my life to try and be just more mindful of what's going on up here that it was this total blind spot for me of what's going on up here about what's here, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm so I'm so consumed all the time with what my body looks like that it takes me so far away from how I feel inside my body. I'm giving privilege like they say to this outside perspective. How dare they? How dare that outside perspective take precedence over my life, over my being? And so to kind of just recognize this is a huge blind spot of mine, I think it just, it was um, first like this shock, right? Of like, oh my goodness, I, I've i been in this, I've been in this lie this whole time, this lie that, that I felt so much shame about, that I felt like, gosh, I'm just like not ever going to be good enough. And it, and as someone who works in an industry where I'm constantly, you know, being, cast or or you know judged for what my appearance is doing i think it's been so easy too to be like well i'm just i'm not working hard enough i'm not doing enough to make this what people want to see because if i were then i would get more work i would Ooh, make more money yeah. i would have more friends you know it's just like i think it was all these little things that i put into this bucket of like what am I what am I not feeling great about right now? Well, it's because of this thing that I've just never been able to get control of. But once I do, once I have Everything control, then I'll be able to open all the doors of my life. So, I think walking through 
that door, right? That door of like, what are you running from, Whitney? And there's a lot of those doors, right, in my head (laughs) that I'm just slowly opening one at a time. But this door of like, what am I running from? I think I'm I'm maybe running from this idea of that that I am where I'm supposed to be, that I am who I'm supposed to be, that this body of mine is going to change and it's going to have its ups and downs, and it's not because I've failed. It's not because I'm not doing something well enough. It's because I'm living. Yeah. It's because I'm going through this life experience and my body is on that journey with me. So if I instead can see it almost as this, this representation of what I've been through, right? You know, we can talk about how pregnancy, you have these battle scars, you have these these stretch marks that show, I carried children. Well, even if you didn't carry children, even if you, you know, have done all these different things that that don't seem to merit these, these badges of courage on your body, you've lived life. Mm-hmm. You know, you've crossed threshold after threshold that just keeps opening up your mind to new ways of living. So in that, your body's going to carry it with you. So I think it's actually kind of pretty cool now to just recognize I can give precedence to to who's who's manning this body, right? Who's driving it? Because it's it's my ship, it's my vessel, and I'm taking it through all these waters. So of course it's going to change. So that's, I don't know if I answered your question. You totally did. <laughs> I just feel like I'm in awe of it. I feel like this is your anthem and yeah. I thank you for sharing that because we all need to have, we all need to internalize that message. Yeah, yeah. And I the wish thing we could. Is, it's going to, it's going to be in your bones sometimes, and then it's not. Yeah. And that's okay too, that's right? Okay. We're going to be getting in and out of these waters of objectification. Yep. We're going to find the beach, and then yep. sometimes we're going to swim back out. Yep. And that's okay because it, it it is where our journey is taking us. And if we never swam back out, then maybe we wouldn't ever get to a place where we remember, oh, I don't like being in the water with yeah. these wet denim jeans. Yeah. I want to get back. Sounds horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's it's okay where the journey's going to take you. But right now, I'm just, I'm loving the sand beneath my feet. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> in chapter six, um, part two, Uh, Achieving peace. This is uh, on page 293. Achieving peace with our bodies through positive body image is the final frontier for too many women, the last and most stubborn barrier to our own confidence, fulfillment, power, and self-actualization. I just thought that was just kind of stopped me in my tracks. It's the final frontier, like Kind of like look— at, you know, my whole life and the journey when I've done it well, when I've not done it well, mm-hmm. when it's been easy and not very time-consuming, when it's been way too time-consuming. And um, I love, they quote Lindy West, my body I realized was an opportunity. Oh. And I'm trying to think of it more like that. It's a gift. It's an opportunity. Um, I, I, I'm I'm trying to, and I love this is how they where they bring it back by showing you it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Think of this, try this, and they break it down in such great chapters. If you haven't read it, please go back. It's amazing. And then they bring it to like you know yourself. Yeah. You know who you really are. You know when you're out of alignment, you know? And my whole thing in, in wanting to do the entire body image series on the Lisa show and do this book for the book club is to help sort of 
continue that movement, yeah. right? For not just individuals, but for families. Yes. To make it better for for the next generation We're to healing, actually, right? yeah, to like learn something and then make it better instead of just seeing it get worse and yeah. worse and more intense. Um, to be more than a body is to be whole, to be at one with who you are and always were. I mean, that <laughs> sense of peace, you know, the older I get, the more that's what I realize that everybody really wants, Yeah, right? I've been through some decades, <laughs> and I've seen the body image messaging change. Yeah. I've seen, you know, this inclusivity change. But one thing has remained the same, and in, in, in bodies, change, bodies change. Bodies change. And the message is they shouldn't. Yeah. But they do. Mm-hmm. So I say that to myself a lot. Bodies change. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, is that you are more than a body. Yeah. Yes, you are a body. You should take care of it and you should be aware of it. And and we all care on varying levels about what that looks like mm-hmm. of how to care. Is it brushing your teeth? Is it, you know, altering your body? You right, know, to right. fit a trend. We're all on this like sort of spectrum right. of, and, and we kind of like move in and out. But having that core sense of self and self-actualization and identity helps us show up for the people in our lives better. We, as when we are better individuals, we are better able to serve other people. And not that we just do that for other people, but it's that peace yeah. It does have an effect on other people. Yes. Yeah, it creates a ripple effect, right? Because when we are able to be to show up whole, right? Then gosh, the world is is so much fuller when we're able to show up whole. Yeah. And so if more and more people can show up whole, gosh, how how much can we heal together yeah. when when we're all able to have our whole faculties? When I'm able to show up to a conversation and really see another person, mm-hmm. uh, it fills my well too, right? Right, right. And have those like really like life-changing conversations yes. where you really say what you really mean and you work through things yes. and somebody that you feel like you can trust. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sense of connection and well-being is, is how people rate what happiness actually means. Yes. And yeah. if we say we want to be happy and we're chasing false idols, really, right. I just think what would it be like if instead of like 90% of our social media feed being on what you look like and wh- whether it's healthy or whatever right. and, and, and what you eat and what you look like and how you exercise and what you wear, what if 90% of your feed instead was about what you thought of mm-hmm. and ideas of how to change the world and art and beauty and do you know what I mean? <laughs> and people you love that you just want to celebrate. I mean, I know it kind of sounds cheesy, but it's to me, it's that shift in focus. Yes. It's that shift in time that is hard to do because it's counterintuitive to how our society is set up. Yes. But I love what you're saying that it's a shift in focus because it it's not it's not that we can't accomplish it, right? It's not that we that we're not yeah. there already. It's really just that it's it's almost like we've been watching one thing for so long that all we have to do is kind of shift that focus to this other more beautiful, more expansive thing that all of a sudden it our our whole vision can be used now instead of this kind of like pinpoint that we're trying to reach. Yes. And and which can change, right? Mm-hmm. Like it and it changes and I you know, I appreciate in in this book how Lindsay and Lexi 
absolutely admit, you know, you're going to have body disruptions. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just one and done. Oh yes, I've enlightened. I know better, so I'm going to do better. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to all, it's just human nature to be jealous of what other people think or how they see us or to care or concern. But I think that, and we were talking a little bit before we started filming about what do you do in those body disruption moments? Like, is it going to ruin your whole day? Right. Are you going to be able to take a step back, ask yourself some other questions and 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 answer what it is that you really need. Do you need a little nurturing? Do you right. need a little validation <laughs> or love? Or, you know, is this a deep-seated problem that right. needs addressing? You know, only you really know. Right, right. That. But but you don't know it unless you look for yeah. it, right? And unless you focus your attention on it. Yes, because I think— just mean like, well, I'm always going to be dissatisfied and there's nothing I can do. Right, because yeah. we we all feel it, right? We all feel that kind of dissatisfaction, that uneasiness, that, you know, we feel ourselves being pulled down by that water, but we've kind of just been wading through it, right? Like they yeah. they talk about—I just love that imagery so much because it, it resonates that we've, we've kind of been pulled down by this so much that it's almost like we're used to a heavier gravity. We've kind of adjusted yeah. to it. And so it doesn't feel great, but we've kind of figured out how to get around it and Mm -hmm. how to kind of stop like worrying about it right now. I'll just uh, turn on this episode of, you know, this because then I don't have to think about it. And I'm going to shop for some new clothes because then I I don't have to, you know, but you know, we do all of these things to try and avoid actually then taking a moment and saying, okay, I don't really love my body right now. And it's because I'm actually feeling a lot of failure or I'm feeling a lot of shame about this in my life. And so I think once we actually like do the hard therapy homework that, you know, we're all, we all know we're supposed to do, right? But once we sit in that and once we recognize, okay, something's going on for me right now and I need to kind of like sift through the maze of like what my body is or what my brain, I guess, is telling me, like, just just focus on this. Okay, just focus on this. Yeah. And Once we so just look for it, then we can say, okay, this is what's really going on here. And and we can actually then start to heal our our brains as well as our bodies. And I love that because anybody, it's accessible to everybody. Yeah. Uh, the goal shouldn't be to shun and judge everyone mm-hmm. and everything that reflects objectifying ideas and images, right? Like, it's not like, well, then I'll just never go on social media and then that'll be solved. Like, it's everywhere. Right. Anyway, and and it's not an all or nothing, but to engage, uh, but to instead make informed, critical, conscious choices about how you engage with such messages. Mm -hmm. You get to be in charge about how you're going to engage with them. Yes. What you're going to do with all— The messages will come regardless. Right. We are humans, and we are going to bump into other human beings. But how how are you going to engage? And thinking critically is, I feel like, oh, okay, so that's something I could actually do. Yeah. No. And train my brain to do. I was just thinking about this. I have a lot of experience just in the world of sex addiction and sex, sex addiction recovery. Mm-hmm. And knowing, like, the process that someone in sex addiction goes through to um, stop— because it's also a lust addiction, right? So it's not just like what you're doing with your addiction. It's also like walking through a crowd and and objectifying someone and noticing like, oh, that person, I can see more of their skin. I really like focusing on that because it takes my mind off of my shame. You know, it's it's the way lots of addictions use things to cope. And, uh, you know, this person that I knew who was experiencing sex addiction, it was this like constant, at first it just, it felt so 
hard to kind of just switch the brain. And they talk about that, right? That mm-hmm. that it's important for each of us to get comfortable with letting ourselves down when it comes to body ideals. And, and um, pain and discomfort on page 319 are actually required to access body image resilience because our comfort zones do not demand our improvement and growth. And let yes. me tell you, like, <laughs> this person trying to, like, get out of that rut of, like, I like staring at this th- this person. I like staring at this part of someone's body. To then be able to be like, oh, I know now that that's contributing to an addiction, so I have to like, okay, I'm going to look over here. And now I'm seeing, okay, no, I got to look over here. I could not feel so, like, I felt so akin to that person while reading this book. Oh, interesting. Because once I once I got that understanding of I do this all the time, it's not feeding into a lust or a sex addiction, but it is feeding into an objectification that I do for myself. Mm-hmm. So I will see like, oh, that person's lost weight. I'm not losing weight right now. Or, oh, this person looks really good. Why is this person wearing so much makeup right now? I Should I have put on more makeup? You know, I'm not- every single person I'm noticing, I am having that kind of dialogue with myself. And it's not a an uplifting dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. So once I came away from this book, I realized I need to start screening myself. And it's uncomfortable, Lisa. It is. It's It's annoying Because it's all the time. Right. All the time. But once I was aware of it, I can tell you there are happy endings to people with sex addiction. Mm -hmm. They are able to then separate that and create new synapses in their brains so that they can see people as people and not you know, objects to satisfy their addiction. Similarly, we can start to get into that mindset of seeing people as people and not things to compare ourselves against. Right. And uh, not compare yourself with something that's not even real. Yes. And doesn't even exist. Where is it? Like, you can't heal the rift in your identity and reunite with your whole self if you are imagining a future self that isn't even real. Right. And I loved that. And it just reminded me of what you were talking about. Because it's true, we have this ideal that we're, like, working towards that we're beating ourselves up with, which isn't real, and we are. Yes. And we're a real person that deserves love and value and has value, right. you know, from God and from, uh, you know, in, in, in relation to our relationships. And mm-hmm. we have this idea, and I, I I love that it is tied up in, um, and the end of this book and this chapter yeah. is, yeah, there's that pain and discomfort, but remember who you want to be. See yeah. more of the world. Do more. Be more. Like, you can go, you don't have to wait for an imaginary um, future. You know, I had a conversation um, with a, a stranger that I was sitting next to at this conference, and we started talking, and she said something um, that really bothered me. She said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go do that as soon as I lose 10 pounds. <gasps> mm. And I usually don't, like, tell strangers what to do. I mean, I know I have a podcast and You're sometimes I do. Learning, okay, though. that's not totally true. But I said to her, I go, oh, forget that. Go on the go trip do now. It. Do it now. Yes. Oh, I said, don't worry about that. Who cares about that? Yes. I mean, I was really like, and she kind of was taken aback, like, isn't this just what we always say to each this other? This is the script, right? And You're I was saying, off uh-uh. I said, that makes no sense. No sense. Lisa. Like, I, I, I worried that I was like a little harsh to her. You know what? But I was we'll like, if you are out. waiting for somebody to give you permission, I'm giving you permission I'm giving right you now. Permission. Like, I, like we we hold these imaginary yes um, restrictions on ourselves yes for something that doesn't exist, and it's we hold fake. that 
uh, as as a way to hold back. And so the 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 anecdote to that is is go and do right. Just go and do right. Be. You know that in, it, having it key, this uh, this idea of what your body is or isn't, if it keeps you from doing what you were put on this earth to do, I mean that that is the biggest tragedy. That's the biggest of it all. And I I love just kind of what you were talking about how they they're then able to kind of make this resonate with this whole community of us cuz yeah. I I yeah. can understand how that would have been off-putting to this woman who wasn't used to the script. Right. But also yeah, you sorry. were the gateway to her like like rethink that, seeing rethink sure. that idea, right? Yeah. To recognizing that she was in the middle of all of this. It's on page one twenty or three twenty one where she says, "Ask around, and you'll find out that you aren't the only one who is pained and angry. The collective anger of women who are sick of submitting to dangerous ideals and watching themselves and others be reduced to objects yeah. is what we need to make real change. Don't excuse it or minimize it." And she's just saying that life can motivate you and remind you to be more of who you are and who you could be. And it made me think when I thought of all these women on the shore, I um, had home birth experiences with all three of my children. This is not a pro-home birth, like you should all do it because I'm in favor of everyone having the most comfortable birth experience And that's why them. I had five hospital births. And that's perfect. And, I, and we both feel great about it. We both it. feel and great about it. It's exactly. Great. Oh my gosh, look at us making Crazy. new waves. Um, I hate doctors and I hate hospitals and I hate like, because I'm such a mirror personality, I'll just do what people want me to tell, like what they tell <laughs> me to do. I'm like, okay, yes, okay. And I just, I knew that that was probably going to be the way it would be in my birthing processes. So I was like, I just want to be in charge. Charge. And so I had a lovely midwife and I had it at home. Well, by my third birth um, with my third son, I had kind of been through the process and I knew kind of what was happening. You know, I'd, I'd had it a couple times. So I was like, I kind of know what's going to happen. And so I invited um, both of my sisters and I invited some friends and they it like kind of turned into this party of like, okay, <laughs> of birthing my son. But it just was so interesting because this was a situation that was very vulnerable, right? Yeah. I eventually was naked in this room. I think I pooped on the floor. Um, you know, we had drop cloths. We're not animals. Listen. You know, we but <laughs> things happen when things you get birth. happen. Anyway, I was in this moment though, where all of these women, some of them had had children, some of them hadn't, but they were all in here with me, and it was like this shared energy that was so beautiful because it was like you know when you're like laboring, you make sounds, you kind of like ha, ah, like these things that you're like, I don't want people to hear that. I don't. <laughs> but as you know. Yeah. When you're pushing a baby out of your body, you stop caring, well, right? You're just, you're just focused. Experience you're sometimes. doing something yeah. bigger than yeah. like, are people going to remember the sounds I made when I oh, birthed yeah. a human? But to have like all these women who I like, who I still associate with, who are in my life, who were just kind of in this transitional moment for me of like, yeah. we're we're all focused on something bigger than like. How do I look? How do I, you know, what's what's right. going on? That's the least of your worries. I loved that moment because it makes it makes me think of these women on the beach, right? Where it's yeah. like we we all have these moments, right? Where we can say, like, do you remember a time where you 
were so afraid of something and you still stepped through and you saw a new part of yourself? Yeah. I do too. And isn't it so cool? We all have that experience, even just that one thing. We've all experienced that. So like to just know that there's like thousands of more things about us that we can connect on and we can we can hold each other and have this community that says like, I've experienced so much more yeah. than you can see. Come and let's all actually like celebrate and and just keep experiencing that. When we show up for ourselves mm-hmm. and are who we really were meant to be. Yeah. And I I mean on all the th- things that we want to do, all the things that, you know, God wants us to do. Wh- whatever, however you define that, because I feel that, I feel like we all have that really strongly, you know, divinely like put in us. When you are able to do that without that distraction, not only for yourself, it gives other people permission to. And there's yes. something very beautiful about that. It's contagious, right? Yeah. Like Because even- it's— more than, More a, than body. a body. Even just the idea of like of self-objectification being contagious, on the other side of that, self-actualization, self-empowerment, that's contagious too. It is. Yeah. It is. And that's what I why I love this book. I'm so glad that you were the right person to come and <laughs> talk so passionately <laughs> about the end of to it, say. to be able to talk <laughs> about it in its entirety, as well as part two of chapter six, which is what we've been talking about on Lisa's Book Club. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't had a chance to go through all of the other episodes, they are worth your time. You can watch them on YouTube or download the podcast wherever you get your wherever you get your podcasts. Um, more than a body. This has been a really great, great um, discussion. Thank you, Whitney. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you for joining us.